Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer, episode 127. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are almost there. Almost. Almost to the end of Harry Potter and the never-ending book. <laughs> you just got to suck it up because they just get bigger. No, this is the on the shelf, this is the biggest one. Yeah, but... It takes up like a third of the shelf by itself. And the rest of them combined take up the other two-thirds. But they can be deceiving. What? How so? They change the paper quality. What are Bible pages? I've heard, Bible you, pa- I've okay. heard you refer to Bible pages <laughs> yes, before. Yes, <laughs> this is exactly. I, I just didn't go there. Um, you didn't want to so- go religious on the, <laughs> on the podcast. So, uh, you know, I like Sarah Moss. And she... Writes big books. As a person or as an author? Um, I like her books. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're going to get comfortable. Got um, I like her books, begrudgingly. Uh, they, they, She writes big books, and it got to be where her books got so fat mm. that they switched over to Bible pages, which are very, very thin, uh-huh. thin pieces of paper. I vaguely remember that from my two to three years of my life where I attended church. Yes. It's like, like when people say paper thin, that's what they are talking about. <laughs> Those things are so... It's like tissue paper. Tissue almost. paper, yes. Yeah. Very, very thin, very yeah. delicate. Um, in order to print all of that and get it into a reasonably sized book. There's too many good stories in the Bible. Yes. We can't... Nobody... There was, was no it? editors back then. They didn't make them trim it down. Well, if you're carving things in stone, it's hard to delete it. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, so, yeah. There so many people mad. You don't <laughs> joke about that. <laughs> it's not funny. Her books got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then all of a sudden they got smaller. And everybody's like, what happened? And she had to explain that it's, it's actually longer. It's just on Bible pages. Mm. There's a joke in there, but I'm going to... This is a family show, so I'm going to... Steer clear of that, and uh, the, but there, there's none of these are on those Bible pages. I've never seen a Harry Potter book on no tissue I, paper. The Bible people pages are Bible like, people. <laughs> Bible people pages. I don't know. We're right words. in the Bible Belt, baby. So many right words. here in Missouri. So um, that that's like the extreme. But there are like different degrees. Uh-huh. Gauges. I don't know how they measure. Ooh, it. Gauges. gauges. I like that. Of yeah. paper, like electrical I, wire. <laughs> So you got the real thick paper, uh-huh. the good stuff, and then, Card stock. then you can get thinner and thinner and thinner as you need to go. So I don't think these go 
all the way to Bible pages, but I do think the paper gets thinner. I wonder if they eventually get so thin that it just like disintegrates in your hands, like as you read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the size of a magazine. It's like the thickness of a magazine, but it's so delicate that as you turn the page, it just it's like evaporates oof. into thin air, like flash paper. Like that, yeah, that's like the stuff they, uh, that magicians use. Yeah. Flash paper, yeah. Maybe that's next. Yeah. That would not be fun, though, because what if you missed a word and you wanted to go back? Or... Oops. Yeah. What just happened in that scene? Oops. I want to read more. that again. You wanted more bang for your buck. <sighs> also, the, the flash paper really catches on fire, doesn't it? Yeah. That's so, you after you read a book, you just uh, light it on fire. And then it just disappears and it doesn't take up room on your shelf anymore. That's where the term book burning comes from. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> not at all what that is. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going <laughs> to play along with me or not. No. Daniel, we might joke about Bible pages, but we don't we joke, don't about, joke book about book burning. burning. Uh, what about banning books? National, uh, as we record this in uh, the end of... September 2023, National Banned Book Week is coming up next week. Do anything special at the public library for that? Well, I guess I did it a little early, but I did all of September. Mm -hmm. I did a display for banned books that were then turned into movies because I thought that was very ironic. Mm -hmm. That you can watch the movie, but yeah. you can't, don't you dare read that book. <laughs> I'm like, really? That sounds like every kid in the world right now. Like, I'm going to watch the movie, but oh, man. I'm, I'm not, not getting really anywhere close to the book version of that. Yeah. But, you know. Like, Forrest Gump is a banned book. Yeah. But the movie's on TV all the time. Is is the book banned because it's not very good? Because everybody that's ever told me that they loved the movie and went and read the book, they say it's just unreadable. It's just oh. awful. I don't know. I think it was mature content yeah. that got the book banned. I mean, it's not it's not a kid's book, people. It's... It's not in the kids section. There's also a sequel, like to Forrest Gump. I did not know this. Yeah, there's a. I'm pretty sure there's a book sequel to it, but apparently it's just as unreadable as the first <laughs> one. <laughs> and um, I'm like, I love that movie. I love that movie. It's like it's probably my favorite Tom Hanks movie, either that or Big. But it's such a good movie, and apparently such a terrible book. Well, they fixed it. They did. They took a good idea, a little tiny kernel of a good <laughs> they idea. They took a seed of an idea. Then and they, it blossomed. They made it better. Into an Academy Award winning film. Uh, Harry Potter has been on banned book oh, yeah. list before. When, if I can get my hands on the, the first book of the Harry Potter series, which still is checked out a lot, mm -hmm. I've had it on the shelf on the display a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and that's just because of the witchcraft yeah, the aspect whole, of it. It's bad because it has promotes witchcraft. Uh, Friday Night Lights. That was another one I was surprised about. I, first of all, I didn't even know it was a book. And, second and of then all, a movie and then a TV series. And But the book is banned. Don't, don't you dare read it. Is that for adult, like mature like content, sexual situations? Or and I think there's some drug use, probably. I'm not sure. Never read the book. But um, I did look some of these up because I was curious, but that was like at the beginning of September and it was several books in a row and I can't remember exactly what it was. Somebody in the, there is somebody in the world that will pick a fight with every single book that's ever been written. Mm -hmm. There's so many like little kids books that are 
I thought you were going to say there's so many Karens. So many Karens <laughs> out there. On this planet. Yeah, well, there are. Um, oh, I forget now. I was going to tell you Something about one. a kid's book. You said so many kids' The books. kids' ones that are always on there. No. Oh, Call of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? That was what I looked up. Why would you? And it's because of the author's political views. It Jack, has nothing to do with the words on the pages. It's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to do with the book. It says political views. So we have to ban his books. Well, you guys probably have Adolf Hitler's biography, Mein Kampf. You probably have that. In, I'm sure you have Somewhere. that in the library. Who had worse political beliefs than that guy? <laughs> That's fine. We don't worry about it. I don't know. Everybody's like, what about his art, though? His art was pretty good. <laughs> well, some people, their books. You don't have to read it if you don't want to. Yeah. But if somebody does, it's here. It's at the library. Okay, and there's there's some things I do understand. Like, not having books with naked people in it in reach of children. Like, okay, I could, I could understand that. Like, not having it easily accessible for kids... However, saying that nobody can read it, nobody can nobody. look at it. It can't even be there. It can't exist. It can't exist. The mere existence of it irks me. Yes. Just me knowing that it's somewhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> is not allowed. You Your sp- spidey sense it. goes up. Your Karen sense goes up. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, that, that was the religious slash political portion yeah. of the show. Let's get into the wizarding part of the show. Okay. Uh, We're going to be talking about chapter 34 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix today, but let's recap chapter 33, which was fight and flight. Hermione leads Harry and Umbridge into the Forbidden Forest as part of her plan to escape the situation that they were in. Hermione's plan is to make a bunch of noise, get the centaurs to show up. Umbridge will inevitably be racist slash specious. I kind of got my my lisp kind of comes back when I when I say species. She just flat out rude toward them, and Umbridge attacks the centaurs, of course, and gets carried away into the forest for her troubles. All seems well until Hermione tells the centaurs why she brought Umbridge into the forest, which ticks off the centaurs, and they try to take Harry and Hermione away as well. Suddenly, Grop shows up looking for Hagrid. Grop ends up getting into a brawl with the centaurs, which allows Harry and Hermione to escape. When Harry and Hermione get out of the forest, they're met by Jenny, Ron, Luna, and Neville, who are able to fight off the evil Hall Monitor Society. And we ended the chapter with our group of misfits hopping onto Thestrals and flying off to London to try to rescue Sirius. Ta-da! Good job. Ta-da. Ta-da. I put my hands up and ta-da. I talked for five minutes and you go, ta-da. <laughs> it felt like a ta-da. I don't know. Chapter 34 in today's episode, the Department of Mysteries. Jess, what are some of the difficulties presented with writing Thestrals? Um, like, just from looking at them and, like, seeing them, how they're portrayed in the movies, I feel like it would be very uncomfortable. They're mm-hmm. very bony. Yep. There's not a lot of padding. No. Although it seems like a smooth ride. For some reason, they don't ever have to flap their wings. It's kind of like the Screaming Eagle at Six Flags. There's not (laughs) a lot of padding. (laughs) Because it's been there for 40 or 45 years or whatever. 
And, and it like completely those, slams to a stop. That so Bible you have page to, padding that you're sitting on. You have to be prepared to brace yourself. Mm-hmm. The rookies, the out-of-towners or whatever, never been on the Screaming Eagle. There is padding on that handrail because mm-hmm. their faces have smashed. Yes. it's Bloody noses However, occur. The, the padding is apparently packed with... With me- with metal, <laughs> it's, it's a concrete pad. <laughs> it's a concrete uh, the metal outer is shell. A bar. It's a metal the in concrete metal interior a metal and a concrete sh- a shell around the outside of it. Yes. You, so, if any of you are planning to travel St. Louis, do ride the Screaming Eagle. It's great. You probably won't die. Um, For an old school like metal coaster, it's still wouldn't. Old school wooden coaster, yeah. I, I meant to say. That's the scary part. Yeah, it's still pretty. Like, they have to go out every season and replace those rotting boards. It's still a good boards. ride. Yeah, it's still a good ride. But we've there was one day where we, I think we had planned to we were going to ride every ride in the park. Mm-hmm. And normally, Screaming Eagle, they've got new stuff, so they didn't have much of. They normally don't have much of a wait. But this was a busy day. We waited like an hour, mm-hmm. I think, to get up there. And then we waited a little longer because, you know, I like sitting up front. Yep. And when we were getting ready to get on, the ride before us, guy did not brace himself for the the sudden stop, smacked his face on the... There's no signage or warning or nobody tells you this. You just have to know. Yeah, but that's kind of like roller coaster etiquette. Yeah. Is brace. Brace yourself. Yeah. But... He smacks his face on the concrete pad, <laughs> the, the highly protective concrete pad in front of him, and there's blood, blood everywhere. everywhere. It looks like a scene from Dexter or <laughs> something like that. There's just blood everywhere. It looked like a murder scene, and nobody was else was allowed to get on the roller coaster until that everything had been disinfected and cleaned up. Cleaned. And, yeah, I mean, and that took. I mean, I mean that whole process takes an hour or so to do so i don't know how we got on that but yeah i don't know where screaming came <laughs> in. oh the bumpy ride no just, a, just another one of our <laughs> tangential journeys that we take you Sorry. on here on broomsticks and butterbeer so i don't think that the that the thestral ride is much like a screaming eagle because although there is no padding it seemed like a very smooth ride screaming eagle every once in a while you feel it jump yeah, it bounces around. You're, on the you're airborne at, at times. The whole train, <laughs> not just you, your body. Yeah, the whole train is airborne, and then it and reconnects. And it slams back down <laughs> onto the like, track. Okay, we're and you're good. like, okay, we're good. We're fine. We're good. But seriously, go ahead and ride it. You'll be fine. Don't That's don't just wooden us. coasters in general, though. But the Thestral ride, you were saying they don't really, like, flap. It's more like a... Like, yeah, kind of like tilting their wings almost rather than flapping. I mean, clearly they're magical creatures. Yeah. But the description while reading this chapter, I I was a little hung up on. I was like, this is this is defying physics. Like, so Harry gets on, and it he tells it where he wants to go, and it just jumps up, like it just takes off like a rocket, straight yeah. up into the air. No running start. No unfurling the wings and getting that. That upward draft lift, just straight up in the air, and we're going it's like a helicopter. <laughs> and and he mentions it mentions multiple times, rarely needing to flap its wings, uh-huh. rarely needing to flap its wings. And I'm like, there's certain birds though that can do that. 
There's certain yeah. birds that rarely flap their wings. That they just, just kind of get do up the, there in the, the currents and glide. And I think that that those were those are the birds that airplanes were based on. Mm-hmm. Because you know airplanes don't have the the flappy wings. They they kind of tilt and kind of adjust to the air. But the takeoff, you got to flap. Airplanes? No, birds. <laughs> now, granted, I've never really looked outside of the Airplanes the wings, have jet engines, <laughs> and they just got to get that long running start. Birds have jet engines. No, right? no, they don't, Daniel. Oh, speaking of which. Oh, God. Here ready we go for again. Another, ready for another tangential <laughs> journey? <laughs> off, off course, Way off course. We need a blinker. Have you heard? You've heard the conspiracy theory that birds aren't real. Yes. Right. That birds. Uh, are... I apparently was one of the last people to know though, because I yeah. just found this out a couple years ago. Yeah. So did I. I just. I was like, this is brand new. Look too. at this brand new thing that people are saying birds aren't real. And, and I was like, no, and I and I kind of laughed at it, and so and certain people are like, no, <laughs> we really believe they're not real. That they're like engineered by, uh, like all the birds were destroyed by the Ronald Reagan regime in the 1980s and replaced by like spy you know devices that that fly around there's entire websites dedicated to it there's apparently like big meetups dedicated to it and a kid at my school the other day told the art teacher that birds weren't real and I'm guessing they heard that from their parents parents or Or crazy crazy uncle uncle. (laughs) (laughs) always a crazy uncle Give me a fist bump on that yeah. one. Nice. Uh, I have many crazy uncles, as you know. I'm not sure their where their political stances on the birds, uh, the interior or the interior mechanizations of uh, flying animals. But this kid, first grade, second grade, 100 percent belief that birds aren't real, and I'm like. Oh my God! There's no hope for the future. <laughs> you remember, like I believe the children are our future. No, no they're not. No, <laughs> we're doomed. The children will be the destructors of this planet. I'm just hoping Blow to get this. I'm just hoping to get all seven of these books done on this podcast before that happens. We can do it. We'll Pretty see. Sure. We'll see. Mm-hmm. The place is going to. You know what? In a handbasket pretty quickly. Uh, we were talking about Thestrals. <laughs> Back to the Thestrals, which is literally the first page of this chapter. That's where we're at. So. Which is literally the first line of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> the page and a half of notes I have. This is going to be like, we're going to have to break this one into two this parts. Is gonna, this is going to like be like. Like do the books, the movies. Yeah, like, like <laughs> Deathly Hollows part one and part two. Yeah. The movies. It'll be the Thestrals part one and part two. Um, okay, anyway, so I thought it was a little awkward. I was reading it, and it's like, oh, Harry gets on his, Luna gets on hers, and Neville gets on his. And then I'm like, I'm sitting there going, but guys, what are you going to do? The other ones can't see it. What uh-huh. are you doing? Like, And then, yeah, that comes up. And I'm like, what do we do? Like, why wasn't that your first thought? Yeah. Your first thought was to just jump on your own. I like how Luna was riding help. side saddle. Luna's adorable. And then she Love just her. and then she just slides down like a slide. <gasps> I'll get it. And Don't I'll worry. boost you up on your invisible, you know, f- you know, flying horse. That's the scene we need in the movie. Is that wasn't her... in the movie. Well, not not that detailed. It just that's happens. what I. Maybe we'll get it in the TV show. I think in the movie they they pair up and two ride on each one, and so they 
they ride with somebody who can so see. So they had to see. So they had the CGI less. <laughs> yeah. Fly, flying uh, skeletal horses. Yes. Like, can we just have them pair up so we only have to draw like three of them? And then we don't have to like instead of six of them. Explain how they get on when they can't see it. But I just think that would be a cute moment where yeah. little Luna's just like, come here, let me take you by the wrist and put you on your horse. And and everybody else, like like when Ron gets off, he falls off in a heap, but Luna just slides down. And you, it's almost like a, like a, I imagine in my head the xylophone going down. And <laughs> <laughs> she slides down. Uh, Harry, it said, it said Harry did not think he had ever moved so fast. And I mean, he's been on the Nimbus 2000. He's been in the flying car. He's been on Buckbeak. So Thestrals are moving at a pretty high rate. They have ro- engines. Pardon me. They have the engines. I like an airplane. Oh. Remember, we we'll go back to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. Okay. No, they okay. don't. Okay. <laughs> that would explain why they don't need to flap for the takeoff. Yeah, they're more like an airplane. There you go. Okay. You just can't see them. You can't see the engines. So we've had lots of situations where, you know, with the uh, with the flying car, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and the, you know, Hagrid's flying motorcycle, and flying on Thestrals across the country. How are they? I'm not sure what the air monitoring situation is in the United Kingdom. But how are they not picked up by some sort of radar? Because if this was the United States, they would have been shot out of the sky. <laughs> Maybe that that spy balloon was over the United States for a long time before they took care of that. Texas, they didn't want to shoot it down because they didn't know what was in it. <laughs> they didn't know if it was going to release, you know, COVID 2.0 on everybody. How are, like, how is it, does magical creatures and magical means of transportation have some kind of like you know cloaking device like the the x-men jet i I don't know if anybody's ever asked her this how she explains it but um, you know what she says it's magic it's magic that's what you always say it's magic babe babe. it's magic um but there is like a a common trope theme rule law whatever in books that have magic that Magic and technology do not like each other. They can't really coexist. So, like, if you took your cell phone into Hogwarts, it just wouldn't work mm. because the magic interferes. Well, my with cell the phone doesn't work at my house. Of course, it wouldn't work <laughs> at Hogwarts. So, oh uh, yeah, there's no towers around Hogwarts. No, unless I'm on the unless I'm on some Wi-Fi, it ain't working. Yeah. So I would just go along with that that the technology and the magic can't coexist. Gotcha. I'll I'll accept your theory. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept your explanation. Okay, that was easy. Can Muggles see Thestrals if they've seen, seen the re- the requisite amount of death? I would think so, in theory. Because if so, when our when our group lands, these Thestrals are just digging through garbage. They're just roaming around. They're left to their own devices in the streets of London. Like, yeah. I imagine, I don't uh, know what the homeless many? situation is like in, in London, but it kind of seems like this is like the entrance to the Ministry of Magic is kind of like in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. It's uh, always dirty. and So, like, if there's, like, some homeless guy there, 
does he see this and then does he go tell other people and they just think he's just a crazy homeless guy? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but how many people walking around today have seen somebody die? Have you seen somebody die? <sighs> have I? I'm trying to think like if I was with like any of my relatives like when it like you know when the lights went out mm-hmm. um, I have not does it count does it do animals count no you have to see a person die I mean no I guess not so you could be walking by this park and you would not see the dust I trip over them though yeah <laughs> what was that Just trip over, you know, something something sharp and bony. Like, ah! <laughs> we were on our walk today, and I don't know if we, Nightwing, walked into a spider web or something, but there was seemingly nothing there, and he just <laughs> flipped out like he ran into something. And everybody was kind of like, what's wrong with him? I'm like, I don't know. But first of all, he's our special little boy. He is very special. And my favorite is the time where he... <laughs> Those little gummy ring candies. <laughs> he stepped on one on the walk and it attached to his foot and it was like he got shot. <laughs> he was hopping around and just like in in the throes of death. I go, what is wrong with you? I thought something stung him or something. And I look at his paws to see if he had a burr or something, and I peel this <laughs> gummy tangerine gummy ring <laughs> off his foot, and he's, oh, oh I'm much better now. <laughs> he saved my life. <sighs> so I don't know, you know, they might run into him, or they, Thestrals might be really good at avoiding people. It don't seem like, it seems like they're just digging through trash trying to get they a snack. They are, there's nobody around. Uh, our group goes to the magical phone booth, which is the secret entrance to the Ministry of Magic, and when they have to state their business, they all get visitor's badges with the subtitle, Rescue Mission. Yes. Which I thought was pretty funny. So, when Voldemort goes to the Ministry of Magic, does he go to the phone booth, does he dial the number, and does he get a little vid- visitor's badge that says... Voldemort, and then like thievery, yeah, like reason for being there, just like general villainy or something like that. <laughs> I, I just think it's funny to think about Voldemort like walking around with a little, you know, hi, my name is badge, badge on. on. I mean, I guess he has like a secret entrance that baddies use. I want to think that he got into the phone booth and dialed the number and <laughs> got okay. his visitor's badge. So don't take that away from me. Okay. Uh, not a lot of foot traffic at this time of night in the ministry, is there? No. And that that was another thing. I was just like, well, how is this possible? Like, yeah. There's like, it wasn't nobody there. Like, super there, late. There is a moment. Yeah, because, well, we don't know how long it took them to get there. But when they took off, the sun was going down. And then when they get there, it's obviously full dark. But mm-hmm. we don't know how long it took. Harry said it didn't seem to take very long. Let's long say it's thought. 9 p.m. <laughs> for sake of argument there's nobody here there's nobody there <laughs> they've all gone home for the night they have very they keep a very reasonable work schedule home life balance is home work life balance is very good mental health is also very important yes just wanted to state that for you know just to get all of the uh 
all those people on my side as well. I just want to state like, <laughs> I just want to state like obvious like things and make it sound like I'm really like taking a stance on there something. You know. Like I'm very anti-racism. And everybody's wow. like, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, this guy. I really Ta-da. like this guy. Ta-da. Um, so here's the thing. It seems like the ministry is shut down for the night. Yes. But it seems like anyone can just come in. Just open. After hours and just do whatever they want. And the phone booth's even going to give you a badge with your with permission to, to do so. Shouldn't the phone booth be off limits after hours? What if the custodians need to get in and clean? Well, they should have like a special pin or something like that. Like I don't. Yeah, you should have to enter a special code after hours. Not in order just to the get general. In. Like anybody can go in. Like I can't go into Walmart like after hours when it's closed and just you know run roughshod over that place. Yeah, I don't know. Although there, the this only is a thing, government building. The <laughs> only thing that redeems it is Harry says it looked like there should have been a security guard mm-hmm. at the desk. And there was not. And the phone booth even still issues the, please, you know, yeah, check your check wand, your wand and blah, blah, blah. So if you are allowed to be there, it seems like there's supposed to be some security in place. Let's be honest, And for though, some how reason, many, that security is not there. How many security guards that have the after-hours shift take little nappy naps? But he'd still be there, snoozing. Yeah, but he's, like, probably, like, under his snoo- desk, yeah, that's snoozing. Who would in, do in that? Who would crawl under their desk and take a nap? Oh, in who in this room? Yeah, because <laughs> I've done it many times <laughs> over the years. <laughs> I've done it many times in my well. Ed- then maybe you shouldn't career. be all judgy, judgy about the night watch. I'm not judging. I'm just sa- stating facts. Okay. I'm saying Time maybe the judgy. guy was there. He's just napping. I am pro nap. I am very pro-nap at work. (laughs) I know that's a hot take, but... Hot take! That's the pillars of this podcast. We're anti-racism, we're (laughs) pro-mental health, (laughs) and we're pro-nap. And keeping a good work-life balance. Yeah. We just say obvious things that will get people on our side. That obvious things that don't really take like a strong stance one way or the other. Like, of course you're anti-racism. Everybody should be. Everybody isn't. Everybody should be. Yes. Like, 9-11 was bad. You know, that's, that's a hot take. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, <laughs> that's an obvious thing that we say to get people on our side. And that's, like I said, one of the pillars of this podcast. Uh, so our group takes the elevator to the Department of Mysteries, which Harry saw in his vision, and we go into a room with all the doors in it. And two things came to mind when they go into the room with all the doors in it. The first one is, you remember on the Super Nintendo, uh, Super Mario World, when you're in like that ghost house, and they got all the doors, and if you go in the wrong door, it like shoots you back to where you started. So there's that. There's like a certain pattern you have to follow in order to get through. And the other thing that the scene reminds me of is when the room starts spinning and the position of the doors get all messed up. Do you know what I'm thinking about? What pop culture 
reference I'm thinking of? No. Uh, I'm thinking of Catching Fire, uh, the Hunger Games, when they're oh. in the, <laughs> when they figure out that the, uh, the arena is like a clock. Yeah. And so they start spinning it spinning so they can't tell like what, what's going to happen at, at what time. So that, those were the two pop culture things. If you have either one of those on your bingo board, please mark them down. But we're looking for a shimmering room. Like Harry sees in his vision, and we're just going to start taking turns peeking in the doors until we find it. And Daniel, I'm going to tell you, all of these doors are important. Really? They don't seem important. They seem like we're just delaying, putting obstacles in front of the Mm -hmm. protagonist in order to make it more of an adventure. These are all important doors. Interesting. I didn't know. Uh, The first room we come to featured a bunch of brains swimming around in a fish tank. Uh, second one, you get... I love a, the brains. You're getting, you're getting a little, like, smirk on your face when you see that. <laughs> Something happens. Uh, second room, we see an archway that is hung by a black curtain or veil, as they said. Um, what was the group's interaction and reaction to this room? There wasn't much going on in the brain room, but there was something going on in this room. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure it out what the allure of the the archway was so it really called to Harry he was very interested in it Hermione seemed completely unaffected by mm-hmm. it and I was like did they have to I just wanted to know what the rule was fantasy writing magic it still needs a rule mm-hmm. so what was the rule why did it affect Hermi- not affect Hermione and affect Harry was it because he was so much closer no but no she got closer it only affects testosterone but then Luna could hear voices and it was kind of a calling to her too and I was like okay so maybe it's like the Thestrals mm-hmm. somebody who's seen dead people as a link to death or maybe Luna's been taking testosterone injections could be um, but then it said at the very end, when Hermione finally got Harry to walk away from it, that she also had to pull Neville and Jenny away. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't just moving away on their own. Mm-hmm. They had not gotten super close to it, as far as I could tell by the description. But she, And Neville can see the Thestrals too, so that would make sense if yeah. it was Neville, Luna, and Harry that she had to pull away. Then why do we throw Jenny in there? I was that that kind of seemed to break the rule. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the rule was you there. You just want to know what the rules are, man. Yeah, you got to have it make sense. There has to be some consistency. Uh, and for Hermione to be completely unaffected. So then is it something about having a very logical mind that made it? But that didn't really make sense with what There's I know about, like, being about the arch. Muggle-born? Maybe. It doesn't, but that doesn't really fit the theme that I know about the arch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Okay. So there's there's this allure, and Harry's like hearing voices, and he's seeing something on the other side of the arch, and Hermione's like, "What do you mean? And it's it's an arch. There's no other side to it." Or he kept saying, "There's somebody in there." Yeah. And she's like, "There's no in, Harry. It's mm-hmm. just." And he kept getting closer without even knowing it. Like he was he said he was on the dais, and he didn't even know. That's kind of what I do when there's like. Uh, Double stuff Oreos in the room. Yeah. <laughs> I just I look up and I'm closer to them yeah. somehow. And then oh my my hand is, is in the in the jar in the in the know. case. I and then I've eaten a whole sleeve of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know sense. how it happened. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, I don't know arch. how it happened. A uh, third room is locked. 
Spells don't work. Sirius's lockpicking knife doesn't work and actually melts, so we're going to go ahead and skip that room. Yeah, we don't want to go in there. I wanted to mention that despite everyone else in the group feeling like this is a life or death thing that we're in right now and the stakes are very high, Luna seems to be having the time of her life. Getting to explore the bowels of the ministry and no doubt finding, thinking that she's going to find some of the conspiracy things that her dad is always talking about. Luna's having a great time. Like, I'll bet I know what made that knife melt. I bet I know what's behind there. I bet I know what, what those things are swimming around in the in the fish tank. I heard they were breeding them here. Luna's, Luna's having a great time. Yeah, it's an adventure. Uh, we finally found the room that we're looking for. And one of the things that I love about this room is that I love how Jenny snaps at Harry when Jenny takes like two seconds to look at something and Harry yells at her for it for like wasting time like bro you were in that other room for like oogling the arch forever forever and she kind of I like when when uh, Jenny snap you know kind of stands up for herself Mm -hmm. I like Jenny too Jen, Jenny, as as the more books we've read, become I wasn't, you know, that. Did you have any opinion of her at all from watching the movie? No, because she's, she's such nothing. a she's such a like she's just there because she has to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember from watching the movies that she's just kind of in the background, and then all of a sudden, her and Harry are are kissing. Like, it happens, like, all of a sudden. And I'm hoping that that burn is a little slower in in the books here. I hope it's just not a, we, you know, jump right to, you know, the romantic uh, relationship between the two of them. But in the movies, I'm just, I remember watching them and just kind of go, whoa, what? <laughs> and I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I, cause I, I knew before I even knew much about it. Harry Potter that you know who ends up with who um I remember actually when the when the last couple of books came out because I had friends that went to like midnight releases of it and I remember when all the spoilers started coming out for it and everybody was like uh Harry doesn't end up with Hermione Hermione ends up with Ron Harry ends up with Jenny spoiler alert by the way (laughs) I knew that was coming and even so, when it happened in the movies, um, it kind of c- comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and everybody complains about it, too, that it, it was just extremely awkward. It's like a weird, like, it does come out of nowhere, but then even just the act is very weird and awkward. Well, kissing's gross, right? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? That no, that, that the kiss and throws, just that their interactions with each other came off very awkward. Mm. Not like either of them wanted to actually do it, which, you know, as far as young actors and actresses, maybe that was the case, but. So can you do me a favor and describe the room that we're in here? Because I really don't have a point of reference. The first from- room where they with all the clocks, are going into... Because we kind of go into another room. We yeah, go past, the, the, the second room. We go past the clocks into yeah. the second room. Not not a lot happening other than the the chicken... Bird. Bird. Thing. <laughs> hatching, flying into the air, and then being sucked back into the magical egg. 
Which uh, Jenny just wanted to look at it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, it happens really fast. Harry, you were in that other room for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Just wandering around. But this room, I don't really have like a, a point of reference from the movies that I remember. And based on the description of the book, I just really had a hard time envisioning what I'm supposed to be seeing in here. Um, I think my picture of it is very swayed by the movies, but... So, like, I didn't need a lot of description, or maybe because there wasn't a great description of the room, then the movie fills it in. I don't know. But it's just basically a huge room that seems to go on forever in the movies. Like, there's there's no end in sight. And I would tell you to picture a library. Just shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves in neat little rows. But instead of books on the shelves, there's little glass balls, little mm -hmm. orbs. And apparently they're all labeled. Gotcha. We were looking for row 97, which is what Harry saw in his vision. We're hoping to find Sirius there, hoping to find him still alive. We get to row 97 and no Sirius. Not even a sign that Sirius had ever been there. Not like you know, blood, signs of a struggle, anything like that. But Ron does find something interesting in row 97, doesn't he? Yes, he finds a clue. No, not really a clue, but he finds Harry's name on one of the orbs, mm -hmm. or on the tag label next to the orb. It said SPT to APWBD, Dark Lord and question mark, Harry Potter. So just as we're trying to process what we just found... We hear an evil voice behind the group's heads demanding <laughs> the thing that Harry is holding. And I guess we're going to find out in the next chapter who Dad is. Who Dad? And I like, Hermione just knew. She's like, don't touch it. Just don't touch it. <laughs> it's got my name on it. Just, yeah, but just don't touch it. <laughs> Harry, don't do it. And he just, you know, does it anyway. And that's uh, the end of chapter 34. Anything you want to add? Because we do have an email this week. We have week. an email? Not we covered We need it. like a little song like for when we got an email. I just need the you got mail thing. You got mail. Yeah. All fun. right. Well, I'll come up with something. I was kind of hoping more like a Blues Clues mail oh. song or something like that. Okay. But like ours, something that's ours. Like something we can steal, but make it ours. <laughs> so, or we see like clapping wings and sounds of an of an owl coming in. We'll work on it. Because the owl will deliver the mail. Hey, if anybody wants to make that for me so I don't have to do that, <laughs> email it to me, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And uh, if we like it, I'll send you a t-shirt. How about that? Sounds good. Uh, this email comes to us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, from Claudia in Belford, New Jersey. Hey, Claudia. I hope that you didn't get flooded. Yeah. Because it flooded there yesterday. Yeah, I'm not sure where Belford is. Yeah, I don't know where that is. is. They just said the tri-state area, and I think that includes. What are the three states in the tri-state area? I don't area? know. It's somebody, <laughs> uh, on my Facebook, somebody from Canada put, like, this, like, crying... Uh, Jeff of something. I don't understand what Tri-State is. And I don't know. It was, it was really funny. Like, I don't know either. New York, New Jersey, and something. 
Uh, tri-state area is in an informal term in the United States, <laughs> which can refer to any of the multiple areas that lie across three states. So that doesn't help me. Uh, yeah, well, the, the guy who okay, came... Okay, 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 I got an answer. Okay. Uh, Metro New York, also called the tri-state area, is the massive metropolitan area around New York City in the states of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Okay. So, like, how St. Louis kind of spills over to Illinois, yeah. but it's still called St. Louis. So, that's two states. But that, that water company that came and fixed our water heater, or replaced our water heater when the old one tried to kill us. By the way, everybody get your carbon monoxide detectors out yes. and make sure that they're working. Check the batteries in your carbon monoxide detector. Better yet, throw the one, the battery ones away and just get plug-in ones so that you don't ever have to question if it's the batteries or if you're going to die. Yeah, we had a carbon monoxide wake up in the middle of the night. It turns out our water heater was trying faulty, to trying to kill us. But the guy who came to fix it. It was wasn't it was tri-state water. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I mean, there's two states right here, but what other state is he talking about? Well, we got. I mean, Missouri's got like eight states that touch it, so it's but probably that near here. It's probably that corner, like where Missouri, Illinois, and Kentucky all come together. Yeah, there's like they all touch in that corner there. So we drove up from there. Yeah, babe. I don't know. You really wanted to, really wanted the business. Yeah. All right. <laughs> His name was Scott. He was really nice. Yeah. I told Bob because Bob said he needed one. I said, well, use Tri-State and ask for Scott. Yeah. And they were about $800 cheaper than our normal people. So. And he liked our dogs. So yeah. How about that? They didn't have to like lock them up because he was like, you can let them out. I like dogs. Cool. I hope that doesn't get him in trouble. No. Maybe their company has some policy about that. No. No, I'm sure. I'm sure it's okay. Suicide. Okay, what about this email from the non-flooded uh, Claudia, Claudia. Belford, New, <laughs> New Jersey? Not sure if that's in the tri-state area or not, but thanks for all the great episodes. Hi, guys. Thanks for all the great episodes so far. My question is in regards to the Muggle Prime Minister and his interaction with the magical world that he knows exists. The books say that the Prime Minister meets with the Minister of Magic whenever some big event in the magical world could affect the muggle world. I'm guessing like when um, like there's an Azkaban breakout or anything like that. But when do you think the Prime Minister is told about the existence of magic, giants, wizards, and so on? Is it when they get the job, or is it just something that you learn as you climb the political ladder and start hanging out with more powerful people? And who tells the Prime Minister about this? Sorry for the rambling, but this popped in my head the other day, and this is the only way I can get it out. LOL. Not rambling. Uh, we we know what rambling is. That's not it. Yeah, you want to see rambling? See Listen to the, the first, first half of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, first 20 minutes of this podcast. Um, I feel like it's kind of like, what is that book? That president the presidential gets? book of secrets? Yeah. I feel like it's something like that. Like, mm-hmm. they get a book when you're sworn in, mm-hmm. and, you know, you get sworn in. You have that well, hoorah party because mm-hmm. to celebrate, and then that night you curl up with that big book and learn all the secrets. Do you think there's ever been like a prime minister that curls up with this big book and is just? I bright? love that you just you just went with my theory that that night they curl <laughs> up with the book. Yeah. But okay, yes. they, they light a fire. They curl up with a with a snuggie and, and the the big prime minister book of secrets. 
you think there's ever been one where they just like their brain just broke and they just went crazy from the fact that they learned all these things that exist in their world? Um, hopefully not. Hopefully, if you make it to that level of uh, leadership, you can handle that kind of stress. Uh, but I'm sure there's, I mean, having to swallow that pill that, that there's magic exists and mm-hmm. there's a whole other community that you don't know about that you're not really in charge of, that might be a bonus. So it's like, well, I don't really have to worry about that. They have their own minister and I don't have to worry about that. But yeah. It'll still be pretty jarring, I yeah. think. And I, some of it, you're probably like, I know that they would be like, this is definitely true, but also like, hmm, I'll believe it when I see it, mm-hmm. you know. So I would assume, because we know from the Fantastic Beast movies that there are wizarding schools in America as well. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that like the president of the United States also knows about the existence There's a chapter. of magic. Chapter on aliens, chapter on wizards. Sure. You know. Sure. But is this something that, like, every world leader knows? Does, like, the king of Saudi Arabia know about the existence of magic? Does the uh, president of France, does France have a president, or do they have a (laughs) prime minister? I think that not every leader. Just where there's going to be a large congregation of wizards. So, like the le- the leader of North Korea <laughs> probably doesn't know. Probably doesn't know. Okay. And it's going to be places like you said, like where. But they there's magical schools, schools all over the place. Our headquarters, yeah. not all over the place though. Like it's not like our high schools around here where yeah. we have like five within. But they're in many Four different miles. parts of the world. But they're in different parts of the world. But I just don't think they're everywhere. Like Karkaroff's from like Bulgaria or something, isn't he? They're going to want to have them in more remote areas. So, I don't know. I don't know how many there are. But if there's going to be a school there, they might need to, depending on how secluded it is, they might need to. Bo Batten's, where's that? Is that in... France or something? I think so. Seems kind of Frenchy French. 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 (laughs) Uh, Baguette. uh, Wee wee. A bibliothèque. (laughs) I took French for three years and that's all I could come up with. Ta-da. Ta-da. You're welcome. So, we think, our theory is that there's a book. (laughs) A book of secrets. Book of secrets. And that gets pass to them whenever they get sworn in. I think that would be a nice little introduction. Okay, here are the things that you're going to encounter while you're in charge. And I would like to think that, like, the outgoing prime minister would let the incoming prime minister in on it, too. Like, hey, there's going to be some stuff in this book that (laughs) it's going to be a little jarring for you. There's probably, there might be like, ooh, ooh. There might be some, like, collaboration there where... Um, they could do it where you have to sign something mm. like Hermione did with the sign, put your name on this list for the DA. Maybe they can't tell anybody else about it. Or maybe like there's a spell embedded in the book and they forget it when they are out of office or whatever. Mm. Or if they don't, don't read the book ever so often, they'll forget or something. There could be some spell on those books. That would be very handy for, you know, 
national secrets. Interesting. So we're brainwashing, uh, the magical world is brainwashing Muggle politicians. Not brainwashing. Conspiracy theory. Just guaranteeing secrecy. Interesting. Well, thank you for the email, Claudia. I hope everything is well. Um, wherever you are in New Jersey and wherever that is in relation to the tri-state area, whatever that is. I'm sure you got some rain, but hopefully you didn't flood. Uh, you can always send us your emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Look for Broomsticks and Butter Butterbeer and send us messages there. You can follow us on Instagram, Broomsticks B Podcast, and send us messages on there. Or you can follow us on X! Oh, God. At Broomsticks B. And send and uh, send us messages on there as well. And find out when new, op- new episodes are dropping. On X! That's so dumb. It is super uh, dumb. new book. Right? It's Elon Musk. Elon Musk, yeah. His new book dropped. It came to the library. What's it's, it called? It's Elon <laughs> Musk. Like, I don't think it has a name. But it is huge. Bible pages? I, I did not open it and see if it was Bible pages. I should check that out for and mm-hmm. report back. Flash um, paper? But it is seriously four inches. He's got a lot to say. Uh, like, who, who wants to read that? Who? And who wants... It's like, it's huge. It's just huge. I'm still. I just want him to fight Mark Zuckerberg, but apparently that's not going to happen. They promised that it was. Well, they lied. Liars. And, and that's not normal for rich people to lie. They normally are very honest people. This just then off the wire. Rich people are very dishonest. <laughs> what? Hence, why they became rich in the first place. Exactly. Film at 11. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Mm, not really, but I did notice we were matching. Uh, you and I match a lot. Um, completely randomly. Because you look at what I wear. You were still in bed when I got up. And then you wear the same thing in this order is, to copy me. This is false. False. Happens a lot. You were still asleep uh-huh. in bed. Uh-huh. I got up. You looked at the clothes that I had laid out. You didn't lay out any clothes. <laughs> I got dressed. I left the house. I come back. You looked at the cameras. You're wearing the same. Thing. You looked at the cameras that we have in the house and saw the clothes I was wearing, came home, changed to match my clothes before we did the podcast because you're a copycat. False. You're a copycat. You looked at the cameras and saw what I was wearing when I left the house, and you dressed to match me. I'm always watching you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds creepier than it is. We we have cameras at the front door and back door. We have cameras everywhere. We do actually. We're always watching you. And now the the moving of all the furniture is that I might figure out how to put one in the comic book room so that the dogs can be in there during the day. Cool. So we'll have even more cameras. There we go. More cameras. Uh, thanks to everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing, and following our uh, camera feeds that we have posted on various websites. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Jennifer, Catherine, Luke, Amelia, Jane, Ronnie, Anastasia, Kelly, and Olivia, a.k.a. the Inner Circle, here at Broomsticks and Butterbeer. And uh, thank you for continuing to follow 
us in uh, our journey of Harry Potter and the Neverending Book, aka Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I'm excited. I feel like we're just getting to, like, the book. We've been doing this podcast for years. <laughs> we're I just know. getting to the book? No, yeah. What have we been doing before then? This is the big part of the book. This, this is what I like about this book. We're almost there. Okay. We are almost there. Well, thanks again to everybody. Until next time, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Forget. See you then. Bye. Bye. Children's love.